I'm starting to count how many people I've helped. Because when I'm on my deathbed and looking back on my life, you know, I'm not going to ask to take a look at my bank account before I die. I want to be surrounded by my loved ones, but I also want to be kept alive or at least have the memories of touching people, touching people's heart throughout my life. As corny as that sounds, but I don't really care what anyone else thinks. Like that's what's truly within my heart and soul. Hi, you're listening to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. If you're a real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Our guest speakers will bring you amazing, intriguing, and unbelievable stories about real estate investing. The stories will be an honest and transparent account about what it actually means to invest in real estate. You'll hear stories that investors don't usually share. Stories about hardships, breaking points, painful truths, and surprising realizations. Sometimes there's a happy ending, and sometimes the story ends very differently than you would expect. So let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to That Really Happened. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties and help investors like yourself join me on all my deals so they can get double-digit returns without the need to find, negotiate, close, and manage the properties. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to rate us. Me and my team, who has been working so hard on this show, would appreciate it a lot. You can always go to my website, www.elliepearlman.com, to listen to the episodes and the show notes as well. Today, I'm hosting Angelo Romera, a former soccer player who quit school at the age of 14 and became a real estate investor only four years later. Today, Angelo owns real estate all over the world and have bought, renovated, and sold over 500 properties. He is currently in the process of launching a real estate brokerage firm that will disrupt the entire industry. Angelo's stories is amazing because he's the only investor that I know that actually gives away homes for free to people in need. Listen how Angela quit school at 14, became a soccer player, then decided to hang his boots and become a real estate investor, and how he nearly died working on his first deal. Let's hear his story. Hey, Angela, welcome to the show. Hey, Ellie, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So why don't we get started? You know, I would love to hear about, if you can take us back to where you were 13, 14 years old. Where do you live? You know, my, my kind of parents separated when I was very young. They actually got divorced when I was two years old, but I had no clue that they were officially divorced until I was like 16 because they always try to get back together. So they must have had a, had a thing for each other. But look, that was kind of, I guess, good for me because I've always, you know, I've always had mom and dad in, in my life. You know, I was never really a fan of school, okay? So I, I couldn't stand sitting in a classroom listening to someone preach about some crap that I did not want to listen to. Mm. And with my dad being a former professional soccer player, I, I kind of went down his his path and, and, you know, the same footsteps that he took. And I had to quit school at the age of 14 to, of course, you know, train twice a day because I, I signed a youth contract. And then, you know, four years later, I was able to become a professional soccer player, which I still consider one of my biggest achievements to date. So at the age of 18, I played professional soccer in Hong Kong. So that was all very exciting. And look, unfortunately, things really didn't work out there where I felt that, you know, I could secure my financial future and my loved one's financial future and, you know, never have to work again. So reluctantly, Ellie, I, I decided to hang up the boots at around the age of 19. And, you know, without any formal education, 
what can I do now? Where can I go? I, I can't write. I can't read. My, my grammar skills suck. My math skills are even worse. So thank God for the calculator, right? So what do I do next? The only gig that I could get at the time was working as a laborer on dirty construction sites. Worked there for four years, saved every single penny. I was very frugal and I, I didn't like what I was doing. And, and I kept believing, look, there's got to be something bigger and better out there for me. You know, how can I start investing the money that I've saved and make it work for me instead of me working for money? And look, real estate came across my horizon. I replaced the passion that I had for soccer or football, as they call it in Europe, for, for real estate, for business, for entrepreneurship. Built a portfolio in Australia. It was too expensive to continue buying properties there. Left everything and everyone behind. I moved to the US. And, you know, bought my first property and fast forward to this day, I've bought, renovated and sold, I don't even know how many properties, I stopped counting at 500. I run a successful real estate investment company. We just made the Inc. 5000 list. Oh, wow. I run a property management company, launching a real estate brokerage. I own real estate all over the world. And look, I'm just truly humbled to be where I am today. So... That's amazing. I've got, um, you know, homegiveaway.org where we give houses away to people in need. And that's probably one of the, one of the most, you know, honorable things to do in, in my eyes. And I just truly love that we can do that for people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would love to talk about that as well. But I want to go back to that point where, you know, you're, you're deciding to quit school, you're 14 years old or 15 years old, and you're deciding to devote your life to soccer, then you're playing for several years and then you said something, you know, it, it didn't really work out. What happened there that made you start looking for something else besides professional soccer? Yeah, look, that's a, that's a great question. I think I just came to the realization that as a professional athlete, you've only got 10 years to really make it big. And, and making it big means, you know, securing a, a good contract where you get paid tens of millions of dollars. And I didn't, I guess my kind of intuition at the time was I didn't feel that I was going to be the one to achieve that contract and that I was going to be able to, you know, support my loved ones and when everything is said and done. So I just reluctantly decided to find a different path. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I knew that I've only got 10 years to achieve that legacy and that success because look, I, I stopped playing when I was 19, but I can kind of tell you when it's going to rain because I can feel the rain in every broken bone in my body. I mean, I've been playing soccer since I was five years old. I've broke my left leg twice, my nose twice, my pinky, my wrist. I've torn groins, ligaments. I mean, you name it. So I can literally, I'm a rainmaker. That's kind of cliche. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so I just, I thought to myself, look, I can continue playing now and, and try and secure that big contract or hang up the boots find a different path and by the time I turn 30 which I'm 31 now I'll be able to achieve financial freedom and, and secure the financial future of, of my um, of my loved ones and I guess I made the right decision because you know I unofficially retired last year you know we've we've made enough money to last more than a lifetime my family's looked after I support all of them and you know I've, I just turned 31 this month so I, I guess that's not a not a bad achievement no not at all not at all this is uh, I think your achievements are uh, very impressive and more than than enough for for a lifetime and you're only 31 so you have i don't know about 60 more years to go so right. look I, I, I like to joke around <laughs> and say i still can't grow a full beard so i'm only going to be in my prime when i'm in my mid 40s i'm i'm striving to look like george clooney hopefully but I'm, <laughs> i still like, look like a baby right now <laughs> i've got bold patches <laughs> when you decide to hang your boots and 
you know, being your, your father was, was a professional soccer player. Do you remember the conversation that you had with him when you said, Hey dad, you know what? I think I'm going to go and, and try to do something else. Yeah, look, not not really. My parents have always been very supportive of me in in doing and in allowing me to do whatever I wanted to do, right? I think it speaks volumes that they let me quit when I was 14. I mean, I don't think there's a parent in the world that would let them let their child or children quit school at the age of 14, but they knew that it just wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I didn't want it. I was getting frustrated. You know, I was getting panic attacks in the classroom and they they did not want to break me and I I'm forever grateful to them for that because if they kept pushing me to do something that I did not want to do. I'd, I'd resent not just them, but you know, everything and everyone. So look, they've always been supportive. They're amazing people. I love them to death. You know, I am who I am today because of them. They're very giving. They're very caring. They don't have much, but um, you know, they pretty much devoted their life to me. And yeah, I mean, as I said, they, they were just very supportive in any, any decision that I, that I chose. Yeah, that's pretty unique. I know. I mean, 99% of parents would keep pushing their kid to to stay where they think, you know, where, where everyone is, right? That's the standards, that's the norm. And you kind of have to fit into that framework. And if not, then there's a lot of pressure on the kid, on, on the parents. So I think, you know, you're very lucky to be in that position where you have parents that were, you know, kind of, that were not thinking like, everyone else understood, listen, our kid is talented in other ways doesn't mean that he needs to be in the same place that everyone else is. And, you know, look where you are today. I think that's, that's very, that's very remarkable. Ellie, you know what, what you're saying is, is music to my ears. One thing that I don't like is how society brainwash us to believe in these ideologies, go to school, you know, mm -hmm. go to college, get a degree, find the job, get married, have kids, buy a house, have another kid, buy a bigger house get a better paying job to support the lifestyle of all of your family. Then your kids are old enough. You need to downsize to afford to send them to college. And then hopefully you've got enough money in your 401k where you can buy yourself a, you know, secondhand Porsche and, and drop the top down and enjoy the last two years of your life. You know, that's kind of the American dream. I personally don't believe in the American dream. I believe in my dream. And I encourage everyone listening to this show to, to ask themselves, you know, what, is my dream. What is your dream? Follow your dream. Don't follow what society brainwashes you to believe, you know? And right. once again, going back to my parents, they didn't force me to go to school. If I did not want to go to school, my mom would always say school, you know, she said formal education, it's actually a saying formal education will earn your living while personal development will give you a lifestyle, right? Life is the biggest school in my opinion, not, you know, sitting in a classroom and listening to someone preach like everything that I've learned, I've learned through trial and error and experience. You can read a book, Ellie, but that's just, that's just a piece of paper. Actually going out and doing it, that's experience. That's life. And that's, that's where we grow and, and get better. Yeah, I love this quote. I think you're absolutely right. And so right now that you're, you're 18 years old and you're deciding that real estate is the thing. Do you remember what brought you to that point that you understood that real estate? Because there's so many things you can do. You could have started a company. You could have, you know, become a freelancer, given, you know, maybe even a coach. You could have done so many things. Why, why real estate? Yeah. So look, that's a great question. And I initially to survive and make ends meet, I, I started working as a laborer, right? So I was working on construction sites in, in Australia on, on commercial buildings and I was pretty much sweeping floors. I was collecting trash. I had, you know, a fluoro vest on and gloves and a helmet and work boots. And man, just thinking back, those were the days. Huh? And, and look, just being in construction, you know, you, you kind of put two and two together, right? I, 
in the four years that I worked as a laborer, I learned certain things in, in the building industry in regards to how long it would take to you know paint a room or paint a house. Uh, basic plumbing, basic electrical, you know, how framing works, how to dry, how to hang drywall, mudding, sanding, and just all of those kind of basics that are pretty much similar to what we do in a, in a house renovation, right? I guess I just, what I did, Ellie, is I wanted to, wanted to go out there and, and find something that was bigger and better than what I was doing, right? I, I got brainwashed by this, this, I guess, vision, we can call it about investing my money and making it work for me. So I just went down the path of, of true personal development. I, I read so many books and I can hardly read, so you can imagine that. Read so many books, attended so many seminars. I signed up to all of the online forums. I was reading all of the magazines. I mean, everything and anything business related, real estate, franchising, entrepreneurship, motivation, stocks, shares, other business owners. I literally made my whole life evolve around that. And you know the saying, your network equals your net worth. You know, I met a lot of great people. I spoke to a lot of great people. And then one thing kind of led to another. And that's how I just found myself in real estate. And I felt that that was the right way forward for me. I did try investing in stocks. I Don't get me wrong. I think it's great to diversify and, and try other investment vehicles. But real estate was just kind of where I found myself in. I loved it. I loved the thrill of the deal, finding a property, negotiating on it, buying it cheap, fixing it up seeing you know feeling accomplished and proud once the property is renovated just like i did when i worked as a laborer in my nine to five and yeah look that's kind of evolved you know now i'm building tech i'm building a subscription-based real estate brokerage i i own real estate you know in the bahamas in japan in croatia you know I've, i mean i'm kind of more of a entrepreneur that does a variety of things not just real estate but real estate is kind of what i'm known for and real estate is my bread and butter and i think it always will be my bread and butter mm-hmm all right. All right. Sounds great. Sounds like you found, you know, you found the right business that, that keeps you. I can see, I mean, we're, we're here on video and I can see your passion uh, when you talk about real estate. So, and, and I, I share that passion as well. So that's awesome. So you're deciding that you want, after you explore so many opportunities, you decided, okay, this is what I want to to do, I want to go into real estate. Walk me through your first deal. I mean, wh what happened there? Oh, wow. So... First property that I ever bought was a house that was like 12 hours drive from Sydney, Australia. Sorry, from Sydney. Well, I don't, well actually, no, I do need to mention Sydney, Australia because most of the listeners are probably based in the US. So <laughs> uh, it was a 12 hour drive from Sydney, which is in Australia. To be honest with you, I can't remember what I purchased it for, but I know it wasn't a good deal. I know I borrowed a lot of money to buy it. I know that I actually spent five days renovating the property myself. I also know that I almost lost my life in a, in a car accident on the drive back after I spent five full days almost working day and night renovating the house myself. Wow. Is it, was it because you were exhausted? What would happen there? Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, I, I literally, I was a little bit crazy back in the day. You know, I guess I'm a little bit crazy now, but I was probably crazier then. I didn't want to drive during the daytime. So I, I decided to drive during the night so I don't lose a day because I wanted to work all day, right? I pretty much drove there during the night, worked all day and night and day and night. I swear for like five days straight to get as much of the renovation done as I possibly could. Yeah. So, you know, as I was driving back from the renovation, after I spent five full days working day and night on the property, you know, I, I just lost control of the car on the highway, swerved to the right, corrected, overcorrected, 
hit the side rail and flipped the car like three times. And I was probably going around 80, 85 miles an hour. So wow. lucky to be alive. Still don't know how I'm here to this day because the car was an absolute pancake. It what, was one of those. 80 miles an hour or 80 kilometers? 80 miles an hour. I was going around 110 kilometers per hour, 120 kilometers per hour. So that Whoa. very oh, wow. fast, very fast, right? So that was kind of my first, you know, taste of real estate and, and house flipping and almost losing my life. But look, I, I don't really, now when I think back in the deals that I've bought over the last eight years, you know, the properties that I initially bought when I first started were kind of pretty crappy, to be honest with you. I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but you, know, you, you live and you learn, right? You, you're not going to hit a home run when you first start. As long as you learn from the experience and you get better with every deal, you know, I, I think you'll be, you'll be all right in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. So from that deal, that was your first deal. And then you kept, you know, buying and rehabbing properties and selling them. So how did you, how did you get from that stage to giving homes, you know, for free, giving them away? Yeah. So, so that first property kind of snowballed me into the next one. Right. And, and what I was doing back then is I was buying properties that needed renovations, renovating them and refinancing out of them and using that equity to go and buy another property. Okay. I quickly woke up and smelt the roses and, and came to the realization that that's not really a sustainable way to build a portfolio in an expensive market like Australia. So, you know, I started looking at where else can I go and find deals that not just the profit margins make sense from a, from a flipping standpoint, but where the cash flow is also great because we invest in real estate for the cash flow. You want more money coming in than you could possibly spend every single month, right? That's what yeah, financial yeah. freedom is and that's why we invest in real estate. Now, because I didn't have a nine to five and I didn't have a well-paying job, I had to buy, fix and flip before I could buy, fix and hold, right? US market came across my desk, Ellie. This was around 2011 and I just, you know, became completely immersed in everything and anything related to the US economy, the US real estate. You know, people were talking about it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Property prices are at record lows. The Australian dollar was one for one with the American dollar. It was like a perfect storm for me to pack my bags and move here, which I did. <laughs> and, and look, you know, initially landed here, bought one property, fixed it, made a great profit, caught the bug. And then I just kind of snowballed even further from there with buying, fixing and flipping. Mm -hmm. where, where was it, by the way? What state? What it was in Kansas City. Yeah, in a rougher part of town. I initially, as I like to joke around, got off the boat over there. I kept doing what I was doing, but then I kind of turned it into a business. And that's where, you know, Ohio Cashflow came about. And, you know, we're based in Toledo, Ohio, and we're pretty much doing the same thing. We're on track to do over 100 deals this year. So that's really great. And what happens, Ellie, is, is you know, initially we all start a business or I guess investing in real estate to be able to support ourselves and our loved ones, right? You want to survive, you want to eat, you want to make money, you want to support your family. Once you get to a certain point in life and you feel that you've accomplished that and achieved that, tr the true entrepreneurial spirit kicks in, at least in my case it did. Um, I'm not looking to add another zero, zero to the bottom of my bank account. That's not what it's about. I'm starting to count how many people I've helped. Because when I'm on my deathbed and looking back on my life, you know, I'm not going to ask to take a look at my bank account before I die. I want to be surrounded by my loved ones, but I also want to be kept alive or at least have the memories of touching people, touching people's heart throughout my life. As corny as that sounds, but I don't really care what anyone else thinks. Like that's what's truly within my heart and soul. So it started becoming about everyone else. That's why I do what I do. First of all, I want to create a great company and companies that 
that can support the people that are associated with those companies. And in, in, in return, once they support themselves, they can also support their loved ones. So I'm, I'm producing jobs for, for others, right? Then the investors that are associated with all of my companies, they, they invest in our properties and they get passive income and they get the financial freedom that they want and desire just like I got it when I started my journey. Well, not when I started my journey, but when I got to where I needed in my journey. And then after that, it's, it's truly about a legacy. Like when everything is said and done, like there's a saying I want on my tombstone, it's um, Angela Ramora gave it his all and gave it all away, right? So I'm in the process right now, as you mentioned, of launching a real estate brokerage. I feel it's gonna be a billion dollar business. I feel we're gonna disrupt the market. I'm not doing it to make money, I'm, I'm doing it to leave a legacy. So when I'm gone, that it continues helping hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. So I wanna give it all away. I've done a lot of podcasts like this. I've, I say the same thing over and over again. I'm giving it all away. I don't want any of it. That's why I do what I do. And I don't know exactly how I want to give it all away. You know, is it going to be some kind of hospital or an institute or I don't know. But right now we set up home giveaway. We're giving houses away to people in need. We gave three away thus far. I've got two in the works right now that I want to give away. I want to give a hundred houses away to people in need over the next 10 years. I put a crazy thing on my bucket list of giving a thousand houses away to people in need. And if look, if I truly create that billion dollar business, wow, that sure is a lot of houses <laughs> that I'll be able to give away. So look, will I, will I keep giving houses away or will I go to Africa and build houses? Or I, I don't know, it's too far ahead. But look, I do know that I definitely want to give everything away. I don't need it. I've got enough and, and I'm happy with what I've got. Yeah. Hey, that's so inspiring in, in, in levels you can't even imagine. I think um, you're absolutely right that you, you, when you do start, um, when you don't have enough money, it's all about taking care of yourself and your family and loved ones. And then once you get to a certain point, there's got to be something more. And, and I, I hear that from also other uh, entrepreneurs, other investors, it's got to be something more. And everyone finds a way where, you know, how they, they can make that happen. I think the way that you're doing it is, is pretty, is very unique. It's pretty remarkable. And I, I really appreciate, you know, you telling your story of how you started as, as a uh, high school, I don't know if, we can call it a dropout, but you, you quit school, right? At the age of 14, going through, you know, professional career and soccer. And then from there, moving to real estate and doing what you do today, which is amazing. So the one question I, I wanted to ask you was if, uh, it's a question I ask all my guests, if you could go back, usually the question goes, if you could go back to the age of 22, what would you, what advice would you give yourself? But I think in this case, I actually want to change the age and go back to 14. If you could go back, if you can, you know, reach out to your 14, you know, year old self and give yourself, you know, a piece of advice, what would it be? So this is when I was still, you know, playing soccer. If I could go back to when I was 14, what would I tell myself would be to not be so down, to not be so hard on myself when I make mistakes and I don't do well because you know, tomorrow's another day. It's literally a new beginning. You've got another training session the next day. You've got another game on Saturday. Don't, don't fall in the dumps. And something that I did when I was that age is if I didn't perform well in training or in a game, it would really bring me down for a long time. And I would feel ashamed because I literally, you know, gave my whole life 
my heart and soul into everything. Like I sacrificed everything. My family sacrificed everything for me to become a professional soccer player. So I felt like I was letting them down by myself too. So that would be the advice not to be so, you know, hard on myself and not to, not to be so down because when you do that, it really, it really plays with your performance. You know, now I translate that to business. I've lost millions of dollars, Ellie. Doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me because tomorrow's another day. I could pick up the phone, make a, make a call and, and sell millions of dollars worth of real estate, right? And if you let all of those hits affect you, it's just going to, that, that negativity is going to build up and it's going to bring you down and it won't let you get back up. And that's what I allowed myself to do as a kid. So how do you do that, Angelo? It's, I understand what you're saying, and I, I'm sure the listeners understand that, but to come from that, you know, to change your mindset and, and to go to that place where you're, you're able to not let things, you know, put you down, not let it affect you, that's huge. How do you do that? It's very tough. It's very tough. Look, I, to be honest with you, I don't know how I did it. I do know what I kind of became. And I do know how I became it. I, I, I became very stoic in one of the hardest moments of my life. And that was around five years ago, approximately, you know, my, my grandma passed away. I couldn't go and see her because I was restricted based on, on a visa that I had. My mom got diagnosed with cancer. I fractured my hand and I couldn't afford to fix it. I was, I was living in the U.S. You know, I, I literally had only 36 bucks in my account and I was eating peanut butter for breakfast and, you know, drinking $1 gas station coffees to survive. So it was a very tough time, made a lot of mistakes, lost a lot of money. And then I just remember one day when my grandma passed away, I was, I was sobbing and I, I just felt something happen within me. And that was kind of the last time that I would really get hit if something negative happened. And I also would never get euphoric if something great happened. And what I came to realize is that I became stoic. And, and for all of your listeners out there, if they want to Google stoicism, it's an old Greek philosophy. Some of the greatest entrepreneurs are able to practice it. Thomas Edison practiced it. You know, there's a, there's a ton of them that were stoic. Look, it, it helps in business, Ellie, like it really does. Because once again, you don't get too high when things get awesome and you don't get too low when things are bad. So you're always good in business, but it can also affect your personal relationship because you're not emotional and you don't really feel as much as other people do. So it's, it's kind of a catch 22. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to figure out now is after going really hard for such a long time is how can I bring back me again? I, I wouldn't mind feeling bad sometimes if I lose a deal or lose a lot of money. And I'd actually like to get excited if I make a few sales and make quite a bit of money. I'm just always in the middle, right? And once again, it's great for business, but it's not necessarily the best thing for your personal relationships. Totally understood. That, that was a great answer. Thank you for sharing that. Where, you know, if my listeners would like to reach out to you, you know, look information about you and your company, Angela, where can they find you? So Google's your best friend. I just suggest they, they Google my name, Angela Ramora, or my company, Ohio Cashflow. There's a lot of content online. I do a lot of crazy videos, so I'm sure they'll they'll have some, some fun looking at all of my crazy videos. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to watch some of them as well that you, you uh, raised my curiosity right here. All right. Great. Well, thank you, Angela, so much for being on the show today and sharing your amazing story and your passion to real estate and how, you know, you actually took your passion and did something pretty amazing with it. I, I think the way that you're thinking and experiencing real estate is very unique, very different than most real estate investors. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. 
No worries. Thanks for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.